Hey, hey. Dan? Hey, hey, can you hear me? What's up, dude? Yeah, I can hear you great. Awesome. Um, I'm just t- texting Jason. Um, so, um, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Did you get those uh, last iteration of questions? I did. I like them. Very straightforward. Cool. Yeah. Um, Um, let's do the intro then, I guess, while we're waiting for him. Yeah, let's do the intro. Coolio. So, this is the Getcha Some Productions podcast, episode 81. The 8-1. We are a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan and everything in between. We create music and inspire others to do the same thing. My name's Keith. My name's Daniel. Now let's go. Let's go. Totally unrelated, but Margaret Elizabeth and I were watching uh, Mark Rebier. Hmm. Do you know this dude? He hmm. just like sets up a table and loops. He got huge yes. during the pandemic and he just loops and he goes crazy and he ad libs. Oh, all yes, yes, day. yes. He's hysterical. <laughs> dude is nuts. He's hysterical. So he did a whole series recently. The last week, we out. He reminds me of Devin. He reminds me of Devin Ludlow. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, that the beom 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 just reminded me of that. (laughs) Just because it's like he's playing samples. (laughs) Um, So uh, happy just to download it. I think. Gonna download it now. Okay, yeah. so um, m- most episodes are business meet. Many episodes are business meet, but we often have guests. We're gonna have a gentleman named Jason Kaiser, an excellent guitarist. Yes, and um, and uh, we checked out his records. Um, did you listen? Which did you listen to his most recent one? The one he sent no, us? I I listened. Yeah, just the one that uh, he sent us. Oh, yeah. So that one's called Shaw's Groove. So I was actually yeah. bugging out a little bit on it because I didn't realize that it was it was all Woody Shaw either. Hey, Jason. Hello. What's Hello, up, Jason. Dude? Hey. How's it, how's it going, guys? Great. Great. It's going great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey. We are yeah, thank you, to uh, have you, brother. Yeah. Um, so um, this is the voice of Daniel. Hello. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Yeah, and I'm Keith, but I don't usually talk like no. this. <laughs> okay. And Keith, good to meet you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. very, very nice to meet you, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so just to give you a kind of a, the, just to let you know our deal. Yeah. We're, we're pretty loosey-goosey about mm-hmm. things. We, we like to, we have some things we want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, but we also like to let it flow. Totally. And you know, and and where, and I know you want to talk about your new album. We do too. Um, so that's one thing. But we also, you know, we want you to just tell us if there's something that you want to talk about. Um, we're ve- we we treat this very candidly, so we just roll. You know, we yeah. just roll with it. Yeah, totally. That's great. So um, yeah, great. So um, so and actually, before you ju- jumped on, Dan and I were just chit chatting about you about how you were going to be a guest on the show and Mm -hmm. we were chatting about the the record so um we'll get to that but what we'd actually like to you know this is kind of like 
we we um we sort of use this as a sort of like a social hour as well it's like a totally. networking sort of thing so like just lay it on us man tell us about yourself actually can you just give us kind of like a personal background a little bit um, yeah yeah just to let us know like what kind of guy you are you know you seem like you're a nice guy chill guy um we yeah. know you can play guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um hey everybody i'm jason kaiser uh from uh, born and raised in San Jose, California, um, and uh, I don't know. I I have a lot of siblings. I'm I'm really the only one that's doing music professionally, but I have five siblings. I'm a twin. Uh, oh. I love to cook. Besides music, <laughs> um, nice. I always say if I didn't get into music, I'd probably be doing some sort of uh, cooking or culinary thing professionally because I love food so much. That's all. Do you cook healthy stuff or do you cook? Like, um, um, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's a range. I mean, I try to be healthy, you know, but my yeah. grandpa was a meat cutter. I, I love to barbecue and all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is, you know, not music related, but um, yeah, you know, I'm you, a big, big fan of the food. So you're um, from California. Yeah. I'm from San Jose, California. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, let's see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to, to tell that's good that's good enough for yeah yeah um so so uh right off i'm just gonna go with the flow you mentioned uh you know born and raised in california and obviously uh the music scene is you know west coast and east coast yeah so uh, i'd assume like you got your big network you know in on the west coast yeah yeah with those cats so um uh you know tell us a little bit about you know um what it's like on the west coast because we're definitely you know new yorkers so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome where yeah. are you guys from new york uh yeah brooklyn okay yeah cool and then what about you keith oh yeah i'm from brooklyn too well and then dan okay. is actually dan's uh, uh dan's um originally from boston which has its own music scene oh as yeah well. man totally or, yeah. or just outside of boston but we're we're pretty east coast kind of dudes i guess i don't yeah. know cool that's cool man I, uh, I didn't, I've not been up that, that far, you know, but I lived in East Tennessee for two years. That's the furthest East I've gone. Okay. <laughs> nice. East, South, South, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, the West coast, uh, you know, has a great music scene. I mean, just here in the Bay area, right? Like San Jose, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Berkeley, the East Bay. I mean, there's just a, just a totally all these different, um, I don't know, all these, all this different music going on, especially jazz, man. There's just a totally mm-hmm. killing jazz scene out here. Um, you know, so I guess in one way I was totally lucky to be even just around that. I mean, there's so many great players that have been through the Bay area and so many great players that are still here. Um, including one of my mentors, Mimi Fox, who's just yeah. right in Vallejo. I mean, you know, nice. it's like, totally uh amazing um but uh yeah man i mean and, i've i don't know oh go ahead where, where's the guitar institute of technology is that um in la oh git yeah, G- yeah i yeah. mean i don't is it still going on uh you know i don't yeah. know but i still feel like i'm hearing about people because yeah you listen to um uh the no guitar is safe guitar podcast yeah yeah so that dude is um sort of in that scene so i feel like i'm mm-hmm. all- it oh yeah and, man. and how I mean, there's kind of a guitar scene there 
Oh, totally. Yeah, one of my other mentors, John Stoll, he's mm-hmm. he played there with Joe DiOrio and right. so many other great players. Um, yeah, I don't know if GIT is still going on, but yeah, man, in the like, let's see, when was this? Probably like the what, late 80s, early 90s. I think it was thriving really a lot. <laughs> Probably. You know. So tell us, um, tell us your, like, uh, we, the way we like to phrase it is your superhero origin story, but musically. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? especially, you know, um, you mentioned uh, you're the only, like, professional musician in your family. Yeah. You know, so I'm definitely interested in, like, you know, what planted the seed. In, and yeah. Your, your, you know. Yeah, totally, man. I always make this joke that, uh, you know, I mean, I had been, I had been getting into guitar a fair amount. My older sister, Chrisanne, um, she did, she did actually play before me. So the guitar was around, you know, and I don't know, man, it was probably like late middle school, early high school. And I found out that the jazz band in my high school was looking for a guitarist and I just wanted an excuse to play the guitar. Mm. So I was just like, well, I'll, you know, learn some of this stuff. And I auditioned and, you know, had no idea what I was doing, but, um, you know, I mean, um, I don't know, man, like, uh, definitely like early high school jazz just like spoke to me and having the opportunity to play in the jazz band, it just gave me an excuse to, to get more into that music and play more guitar as I already was. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, I kind of put those two stories together just because my older sister influenced me, mm-hmm. um, you know, but also the, uh, the opportunity to learn, to learn some different music. And, and just like I said, have the excuse to play guitar. Did you start with jazz or did you start with another style of music? I actually started. Yeah. So no, I did not start with jazz. Actually. I was just learning. I mean, my grandpa was, you know, fairly into music. He played trombone in the marching band and mm-hmm. was really into like, um ray charles uh he really liked credence clearwater revival and i was listening to a lot of that stuff um and my dad who's not a musician but very musically inclined always had you know great albums and records uh playing in the house and had like a treasure trove of you know cds so i was listening to a lot of different stuff but as far as music i got into first it was probably some sort of like folk and blues I think that's what I first got into. And then I got into jazz, jazz a little later. And then I got into bluegrass and, and then all this other stuff. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> lots of different stuff, man. Yeah, that's cool. I, um, I noticed that you like all the stuff you, the, all the stuff that we checked out of yours was jazz, but I yeah. did notice on your website that you have like another, like a dual personality, I guess, <laughs> where you're yeah. playing some bluegrass, which is pretty different. Yeah, yeah, man. It's I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even call it bluegrass. More like space grass or new acoustic music, you know. But uh-huh. um, that's a whole nother genre niche that I can break down at some point. But yeah, man. I um, I don't know. I kind of go between a few different musical worlds, and I love all that stuff so much that it kind of just depends depends on what I'm doing and what, what the project is or, you know, whatever. I mean, I do lead a string band that fuses jazz and bluegrass. That's the new acoustic collective. Mm, Cool. So that's, that's what I do when I'm not doing more jazz stuff. What did you call the, what did you call the genre just now? Yeah. 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 So one of my mentors, um, are you guys familiar with Tony Rice? I've heard the name. 
Oh, okay, you should. I mean, you should listen to Tony. Um, but I studied with uh, Tony's younger brother Wyatt Rice at East Tennessee State, mm-hmm. and um, Tony Tony really came up with this genre. He called it space grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's great. Um, yeah, you guys should check out check out the Tony Rice unit. Like the, his first record, Acoustics, is like premier space grass. So, yeah, sounds familiar, Tony Rice, but I don't know. Yeah, How so I that's yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like the that's the kind of music that I'm influenced by, and in, uh, at least in that in that world acoustically that I do with my band. Um, I mean, are you guys familiar with David Grisman? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tony was David's first guitarist. Wow! Wow! Um, wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, at some point. I had been, I had already been into jazz for years. And at, at this point I was in community college studying jazz, man, but I got, I was getting more into dog music of Grisman's work and space grass. And I decided to, to study at East Tennessee state and, and learn from Tony's younger brother, learn all that stuff. Hmm. So what's the big difference between the two genres for you? Uh, uh, you mean like, um, can you be more specific? Which genres? Well, I, I mean, you know, between like, between like, or, or how do you approach them differently? Or like, what, how do you feel, about, feel about them differently in terms of like the difference between the bluegrass and the space grass and then, and then oh. your jazz stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, um, that's great. Like it's, I mean, bluegrass, I think, I think the thread between bluegrass and space grass is that there is still some sort of traditional sound right? Some Mm -hmm. sort of like traditional foundation that you can hear behind what the players are playing like. But, you know, bluegrass is like obviously way more traditional, often features vocals where space grass can have bits of a little bit more modal mixture. You know, you could use play with modes a little bit more interesting chord changes while still maintaining a kind of like um, very bluegrassy technique you know, where it's fast or fluid. And then the connections between like space grass and jazz. I mean, if, if you check out like, you know, the sixties, the the modal jazz music of the sixties, man, that kind of stuff had a huge influence on both Tony Rice and David Grisman. Mm. And uh, those are some of the parallels. I followed a little bit of, you know, like the late Dave Grisman stuff with Jerry. And I was kind of like a, I was mostly a fish head. In oh, okay. High school nice. and college, so there's sort of like, I can definitely, you know, I was sort of per, maybe maybe tangentially just exposed to some sort of bluegrassy stuff a little bit. Yeah. Because um, yeah. there were some bands in that scene that were kind of bluegrassy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and uh, yeah. Bela Fleck, Bela Fleck was a big. Uh, oh yeah, man. Oh right. Great. A big deal. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, totally. He's still killing it. Yeah. <laughs> So um, uh, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. So um, um, we got a few. You know, we we do have a few questions. We kind of line up. Sure, to, to sure. Keep, and I'd love to hear. You've already mentioned a few names, but um, some of your big guitar player influences. Oh yeah, you I know. Mean, well, I mean, I'm glad I brought these guys up first. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tony Rice and Wyatt Rice. Um, for any sort of flat picking, I mean, a lot of what I do, whether it's jazz on an arch top or it's on my, it's on my uh, vintage ovation. It's all rooted in that flat picking kind of blue in a way it's, it's ro- rooted in that kind of flat picking tradition. Mm. 
Um, but man, like jazz, more jazz guitarists. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really fortunate and blessed, man. I've get, got to work and still get to work with some of my favorite artists. John Stoll mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Mimi, Mimi Fox, um, mm-hmm. Joe Pass. Um, geez, man, there's so many, but you know, what's interesting is at this point, I listen to more horn players than guitarists, or I try mm. to. All right, so lay some of them. We, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because we, we, our show is not guitar focused, but you know, Dan and I are both string instrument players. Like Dan yeah. plays bass and guitar and I play nice. mostly guitar and nice. it's like, uh, it's fun to nerd out <laughs> yeah, on guitar no, totally. for a little while. Totally. Um, totally. Did you ever, speaking of Joe Pass, yeah. Did you ever work out of the Orange Book? I like yeah. The, the I lines did. out of the Orange Book. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I I don't know if it's the same as uh, whoever did Joe Pass's kind of Omni Book, but I looked at that and oh yeah. I would just I mean I would just like listen to that shit and oh man, like the, his ability to play. He'd be like playing something free and then just immediately start going into this swinging mm-hmm. thing, and it was just all feel. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. much feel and it's just like one guitar that sounds like 10 people yeah yeah that, yeah like his um his uh his virtuoso stuff i'm oh, a huge man. fan of his early like his first three records yeah are so straight ahead and mm-hmm. i love his tone on those because it's just like it's almost like sharper than like a modern jazz guitar tone yeah you know it's yeah it's more um I don't know. It's just more in your face in a way, you know, not that jazz is really very in your face, like almost never, Yeah. but it feels like it's, I don't know. There's something a way there's something about the way his tone comes across in those early more beboppy records. And so for me, those are my favorite. Yeah, man, those are great. I mean, the first you brought up virtuoso, the first one that I had heard was virtuoso. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, I was like, wow, this is, I want to do yeah. some of this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, and your sound is is very um, well because you play the flat top acoustic, which is not convi- not traditional jazz. Yeah, right? I, I use, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like Joe Pass, one of those, actually, most of those um, those virtuoso records. I think there are three of them, right? Yeah, they're like mic'd. Those are like his. You know, I assume that's his one seventy five, but it's like the guitar is mic'd. So yeah, that's the real sound of the guitar. Yeah, so I man. feel like that might that's there's a lot of parallels between what between what you do and what he does. It's a more natural guitar sound, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff really I don't know, man, that kind of stuff really spoke to me and then as I got more and more into like bluegrass, um I mean, I it was like I wanted to get I wanted to get the technique, the technical efficiency from bluegrass and then hopefully was what I'm doing now is bringing it back into jazz. Mm. You know, I mean, like this, this latest record uh, that's coming out next week on um, Origin and OA2 Records, Shaw's Groove. I actually used a hollow body. I used my my Godin Fifth Avenue, mm. which this is the first time I've used that guitar on an album since like 2017. <laughs> so you're, I think. So first of all, I just want to say that when I heard you were, I mean, I guess you study with John Stoll, right? Um, no, I, I actually haven't studied with John. I, I've just worked oh. with him. But oh, one, okay. of my, one of my other mentors, I, well, he had brought John in. So I guess I had like a master class with him. But I see. Right. 
Yeah, because that, that was impressive. Just to you know, throw it out there, and Mimi Fox, I was that was impressive as well. So, oh, man. and I'm, I'm glad to, you well deserved, and I'm glad to see oh, you, man. you know yeah. moving up. Well, you know, man, it's. I mean, I remember I remember meeting John, and I showed him one of my tunes. And I showed him this kind of space grass tune, and he was like, "Oh man, that's cool. It reminds me of Al Yola, who I also love." Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember like, oh, I want to you know stay in touch with John and. And when I was putting out this, this, the latest record that I have out, it's called the Axe Axis. Mm-hmm. And um, that also features John and, and one of my other mentors, Rick Vandeveer. Have you, are you guys familiar with Rick? No, no, no. Oh, he's great. He's originally from Ohio, but he's a, you know, a huge jazz guitarist in the Bay Area. Um, and Rick and John had met through Stanford Jazz through the Stanford jazz workshop. Oh, so, cool. yeah. So I got, I got, you know, I met John through Rick and then uh, Rick and I had cut a version of Kenny Wheeler's gentle piece. Are you guys familiar with that tune? No. Is it, uh, it's on that record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did I it. think I remember hearing it, but I don't recall. Cause I listened to three of your records, most oh, recent ax axis and then conversations with jason i think it's oh, that's called, an old someone. one yeah 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 man. but I'm, i dig that type of stuff because i like um i'm a huge bill evans fan oh cool so you know back from from the um the duet with yeah. jim hall undercurrent yeah Al- although your record doesn't sound like that to me yeah it, it sounds different and i i was really digging that record and i really liked ax axis and i didn't realize oh, there you. was two other guitarists on that so there's yeah. three guitarists on that record yeah, there's three, but we're usually we're playing duos or I'm playing solo. So I featured oh, I them see. on different stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a long story, but basically I the way I got back in touch with John was I sent him gentle piece and he was like, dude, this is great. And I was like, John, you want to be on the record? He was like, Yeah. I was like, Great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you know That's cool. and, and we've been working together now. Gosh, we've been working together. Every time he's in town, man, we're cutting we're cutting sessions and doing gigs. So that's good. That's great. Um, yeah. So, so um, thank you for sharing uh, Shaw's uh, Shaw's groove oh, with us. That that was. Um, and by the way, just as a side note, like I was playing it around the house, just listening to it. Um, um, and my family, and they're not necessarily jazz aficionados by any means, but they're like, what is this? This sounds really nice. So I just want oh, you to know cool. just even, yeah. So it, it got out there just to the general, a little bit of the general public. It got really great oh. feedback. And, um, oh, that's great, man. Yeah. And, um, I'm really excited about this. Your guitar tone right away. I was like, oh, I love this. Oh, I love you. this. So, um, you really had it dialed in. So oh, I just, thank you, uh, man. yeah, it was, um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, but uh, this is definitely an ch- opportunity to plug, plug your new, your new album. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so tell us about the conception of, of the album. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, um, as the title alludes to, this is uh, Shaw's groove is kind of a, I don't know if I want to say it's a tribute or it's dedicated to, or it's honoring uh, Woody Shaw, who's probably my favorite trumpet player next to Kenny Wheeler, mm-hmm. who mostly played flugelhorn. Um, but you know, oh man, I don't know, man. There's this record. Have you guys heard this record, Larry Young Unity? No. Oh man, you got to check. That's that ringing show. a bell, but um, yeah, you got to go listen to Larry Young. I'm taking notes, dude. You're dropping a lot of yeah. You're... <laughs> <laughs> dude, this this is like this this shit is incredible. I mean that that record 
I said this in the liner notes, but you know, I, if that record had never been done, I wouldn't be doing this new record Shaw's groove because that record just blew my mind. I mean, Woody Shaw was like 18 or 19 year 19 years old. They had Elvin Jones on drums. Who's my favorite drummer ever. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah, like, dude, yeah. this is incredible. And then Joe Henderson. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I was just holy shit. <laughs> you know? So, so, um, so who's wait? And who's Larry Young? Uh, organist. Ah, uh, okay. Organ player. Um. Anyway, so, so wait, I got really you, insane. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go on. Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, we're getting a little bit of uh, I don't know if it's lag or delay. It is a little. Yeah, it's a little funky. Okay, that's all right. Um, anyway, so, um, I don't know. I've been listening to Woody Shaw since I heard that record, which was many years ago. And, um, kind of to fast forward after John Stoll and I cut, um, the sessions for the X axis, I was like, man, I would love to feature John, but in a bigger group setting, Mm. you know, and I had been playing and looking, looking back at Woody's music, um, since those X axis sessions, and uh, John seemed interested and he liked the project idea because it's, it's pretty different, you know. I mean, Woody Shaw never, as far as I know, he never featured guitar on his music. Like, it was always piano. I, I actually am not really familiar with Woody Shaw. Okay. And so, and so Woody Shaw, so like, so he was a trumpet player, right? And you, yeah. and, and El, you're, you're calling out a record on which Elvin Jones plays. So was Woody Shaw like more of a fifties and even a later fifties type of guy? No, man, he was, I, well, no, he was really, I mean, he was really, really got his start. What was it like? Probably the mid sixties. And he was active till, I don't know, the late eighties when he died. No way. So you know, this is kind of hilarious actually, but like I hear the name Woody Shaw. Yeah. And I, my immediate impression just because of the name Woody and because of the name Shaw, I guess yeah. I immediately think of early jazz. Oh, I got you. You know, yeah. and that's just me not knowing anything about Woody Shaw. And actually, so when you, when I learned that the record was a, um, like a tribute to Woody Shaw, I was a little bit surprised. And especially because listening to the record, I got more of a, not even like, it's more of like a post bop, Mm-hmm. Like some of Herbie Hancock style stuff. Like, yeah, man. it's more of a later jazz type of vibe. Yeah. Totally. So, so then, but then it was sort of like, I was having a little bit of cognitive dissonance between yeah. the Woody Shaw. Cause I just don't know Woody Shaw at all. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should definitely, well, you know, start with, start with Larry Young's unity, um, which was a huge influence because two of the, two of the tunes on this new record include Zoltan, uh, which Woody wrote, uh, and the Moon Train, which was also on the record, hmm. um, and those were both on Unity. Um, so those tunes, those tunes have been kind of embedded in my, I don't know, man, in my brain since I heard that record. And then, <laughs> and then Woody's got some other. I mean, his own his own records that he led. You guys should check out. Um, obviously, the Moon Train's great. Um, I don't know if they actually have any records of it anymore because Muse, the Muse label is not active as far as I know. Mm. Um, but Little Red's Fantasy is from the 80s. That's such a great record. 
I will definitely be checking those out. Yeah, I'm taking notes here, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the uh, I guess the the impetus for this project was first two guitars, you know. So mm-hmm. it was like you know talking with John, and then um, and then I kind of just uh, once I got John confirmed and he was interested, I kind of assembled the band from there. Um, John had recommended a really great horn player, Eric Jacobson. Have you guys heard him before? Nope. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's from Berkeley. And, what was he uh, he's playing on the record? Trumpet. Trumpet, yeah. He's got a really um I mean he's got a beautiful a beautiful sound and, and voice of his own on the horn, you know, but he's mm-hmm. got that kind of modern language. That, yeah. That Woody that Woody was known for and uh, you know, John had recommended him. So I was like, well, you know, let me check this guy out. And he just totally blew me away. Um, yeah. I was getting the, a little bit of like, um, is it Nicholas Payton? Yeah. Another totally. like more modern trumpet player. Like it, so totally. I, was hearing, I was hearing some of that vocabulary and actually I think yeah. that's why it reminded me of um, Herbie Hancock because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a Herbie Hancock cover record of of um christian mcbride and nicholas payton and um yeah. Mark Whitfield. yeah man and some of that like you know some of that trumpet playing was giving me that i guess maybe giving me that <laughs> giving me that vibe i guess yeah yeah totally yeah. totally man yeah nicholas is great there's a great record that al foster did i think it's his latest record that nicholas payton's on man there's this oh. beautiful there's this beautiful version of Punjab by Joe Henderson that they do. If you haven't heard that version, it's really cool. I don't think I have. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's Al Foster's latest release on Smoke. Yeah. Smoke label. Dude, Al Foster, man. I know. I think I saw Al Foster at, gosh, I think I saw him at Iridium. Wow. Was it, I think it was when, because uh, he was the last in the Skolohofo, right? Yep. Band, yep. right? Yeah, I think I yeah. saw Sco. Am I saying it right? Skolohofo? Yeah. I think it's yeah. something like that, as right? As close as you can, right? Yeah, I, think I, I, mean? <laughs> I think I saw that band actually at Iridium. Now it's like, because, you know, I don't get out much anymore. You know, it's like, mm. well, this is a 2023 conversation, but. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. It's like, I don't get out much anymore. So now I'm like, what did, did I see that band? I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. I'll have to, I'll have to maybe mention this at some point, but I. You know, you brought up Sco. I had the inter- uh, opportunity to interview Sco. No way. Um, and that was a that was a great. We had a great conversation. This was during 2020 when we were all at home. Right. Where's the interview living? What'd you say? Where's that interview living right now? Oh man, right now I think it's on my website. Nice. Okay, so we'll yeah. link to it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'll check it out. That's great. I was I, at the time I was finishing my master's and I was writing a paper on um, jazz and country music's um, fusion. So we talked about his, you know, country for old men record. Mm-hmm. And then I had a chance to, I had a chance to interview Bill Frizzell and, and use that as well. That was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but basically I put the band together after that, but John, you know, the impetus was between John and I. Cool. And yeah, so I noticed that there was, it's all um it's all uh woody shaw either it's written by woody shaw or it's or it's um repertoire associated with him except for the last track right which or actually i'm not sure what the track order is maybe it's different from what you sent me but the Um, one you wrote was called shaw's groove right yeah yeah totally yeah i'm interested in hearing like what about that was um i don't know just compositional process and um, sure like what made you you know what 
like what compositional, I guess, features or elements mm-hmm. were, were, you know, like, can you, can you, did you pull from your inspiration from Woody yeah. Shaw? Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, you know, I was for that tune and just kind of the, the through line theme slash thread of the record, I was thinking about how, how to use these tunes and just maybe place them just a little differently, you know? So it's like, for instance, if you listen to the organ grinder, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the B section of the tune, it's usually played in four. And I was like, dude, what if we just did it in three? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, just, just lift, <laughs> just, or just do something different. And I think, I think I've gotten, I mean, John, John has rubbed off on me in that way. I mean, sometimes we'll be playing a gig or cutting tunes in a session and, We'll be playing a we'll be playing a Latin tune that's usually done in four, and it's like, let's do it in three, mm-hmm. you know. So I started to think about like, I don't know, just arranging wise, how to take these tunes and slightly just you know not alter the whole thing, just kind of lift it. Mm. Um, so when Shaw's groove came around, I was, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I was listening to Woody Shaw probably nonstop six months before we cut the record. And I've been listening (laughs) to him almost every day since then. So I was just like his language, you know, his use of pentatonics um, and his use of, you know, sidestepping playing outside the chords and, and then playing, Mm. playing back in them. I started to come up with just little, I don't know, melodic phrases, little, little pentatonic licks. And then I was like, Ooh, it feels like it might be in five. So I started to play with something and, and I was just playing it in the key of C minor, which to me has just a kind of dark sound. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know, man, I started to just phrase these little lines together around these pentatonics. And uh, I don't know, man, the, the tune kind of wrote itself from there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love that. I mean, um, I love what you said about like changing the meter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, how that opens, um, can open creativity yeah, so much because you're like, oh, I'll, I'm going to reapproach this, you know? And so now you, it's not just another cover now or no, something. It's, 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 it's like, now you really got to approach it. Yeah, exactly. I, that's kind of brilliant. That's low key brilliant. I like that. Oh man. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I had heard, man, I heard this, I, I, you know, for some of these tunes, right? Like the moon train, right. One of my favorite versions. I mean, that was right i was trying to do a lot of study to make sure i really had heard a lot of different versions of these tunes at least the covers you know yeah so i i heard this one big band version of the moon train that dexter gordon did man you guys got to check that version out it's incredible mm. all right and in the and in the b section you know da 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 Mm-hmm. Like they did this cut time, you know, they just changed, changed something. And I was like, I'm taking that. Mm. <laughs> <Yoink>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was yep. like, dude, that is so cool. I was like, I've not yep. heard another version do that. I am going to put that in mine. Yeah, a little <laughs> like, bit of a hemiola or something yep. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. I was like, let's only do it over the, let's only do it over the head. But it's, it's so cool, man. So you'll hear that, you know, in there. You're brave for playing in C minor. I can't even play in C minor anymore. It freaks me out too much. Oh, really? <laughs> man, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for any key. Any any key, man. You know, my uh, in my string band, actually, we had a rehearsal today. Man, this this tune is wicked. 
but um, uh, my cellist, he's, he, I mean, he's a, he's a classical, he's a classical player. He's very influenced by Shostakovich. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this one tune. You guys should check out this tune. It's, we did release it. I mean, we, you know, we probably could have recorded it better, but it's not bad. It's called the 11th cycle. Mm. Talk about weird keys. It's in the key of E flat minor, but it has a sharp 11. So it's got an A natural and in the voicing it's, man, it is a weird oh. tune. <laughs> yeah, is that like a, a harmonic minor? Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was just a cool, he just liked the sound of that chord and then he just wrote a melody over the top. Uh, sometimes yeah sometimes you get a chord and you're just like oh shit this chord does not belong to anything any scale that i know like oh son of a (laughs) yeah it's like but how do i make that work you know what i mean like um anyway that's that's a side topic but that is a cool tune and and that that's probably the weirdest minor chord that i've tried to play over at this point Tales of the tales of weird minor chords. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, man, the rest of the tunes. There's a few tunes on there that aren't. Yeah, they aren't Woody's tunes. There's a tune that Ronnie Matthews did. He wrote called Jean Marie. Um, mm-hmm. But the cool thing was, man, that that tune Woody included on Little Red's Fantasy, which I kind of brought up a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it's such a beautiful tune, and it's in three. And I love playing in three, you know, I was just, and it's, man, it's just such a cool tune, Jean Marie, like, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to include that. And then speaking of Larry Young, uh, we did a obsequious, which is a tune that Woody would play live, but he usually played it really fast, Mm. you know? So I was talking with John and John brought up the idea. He's like, well, why don't we just play free? Why don't we not play in time first? Let's just not play in time. That's great. Yeah. And like, and like you said, right. Like altering the, the meter or changing things, it just kind of puts the tune on its head a little bit, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool to see that, see its development. I just had this strange thought, like when Dan was saying that, uh, that when you change the meter, you're changing the tune and it's like, it feels like a small change but it, it can really make an impact even though yeah in a way you're just like not really you're not i don't know if what how to say it uh because i'm not really i don't know if you're it's not like you're reharmonizing the whole thing or you know or no. but but if so it, it so it sort of is sort of deceptively simple in a way yeah that you're that you're changing the meter but it makes such a huge difference but it's like i feel like as musicians we really don't pay that much attention actually I, I won't say that, but I'll say that in the in the in musician academia, there's yeah. so much more attention put on harmony. Yeah. And rhythm is so I don't think we just don't even understand what rhythm is. You know, it's like energy, you know, like what is it? You know, it's like we don't know, even know man. what it is. Yeah, rhythm is I mean, it's like man, like I mean, and you know, I mean everyone in the studio in that setting, you know, we were all like I mean, everyone's, I think everyone's comfortable playing free, but you know, it was kind of like we were letting John almost lead the way because John can just play free for forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and he's got such a beautiful sense of time and, and way of just kind of painting pictures in or out of time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. 
I don't know, like a lot of this project, you know, I mean, I'm so honored and lucky to be able to work with John and that uh, he was interested. And I mean, you know, his, 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 uh, his concepts, I mean, it's like you guys were like, oh, you study with him. It's, I didn't study with him formally, but I always feel like I'm studying with him, you know, because there's just so much to gain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, well, it's definitely cool. Um, and thank you again, Fum. These are all, all these names you're dropping and people I'm not familiar with. It's, it's one of my favorite things to, 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 be, to, to, to catch these names because now I have all these rabbit holes to go down. Yeah, I mean, no, it's so, the best. I mean, yeah, I feel, absolutely. I, I tell my students, man, it's like I ask them, I, especially jazz or the, the students that are interested in jazz, I ask them, how much listening are you doing? And, and if they say not, not a lot or none, I'm like, well, you know, where are you getting your ideas or your inspiration from? I mean, jazz is a language, you know, and right. I don't know, man, I do as much listening I almost probably do more listening than playing because it just, I know it's going to come out in my playing, mm-hmm. you know, and listening is so important. And there's no shortcut. No, no. <laughs> but like, yeah, like you said, you were listening to this, those, those records six months before making the recording and even still, and it's like a lot of that just gets into your playing through osmosis, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, the phrasing yeah. and, just having the sensibility of, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a melodic sensibility. It's a rhythmic sensibility. Yeah. It's not, it's so it's, it freaks me out because it's so intangible in a way, you know? Yeah. It can feel, yeah, it feels like that. And then it's like, sometimes I'll find I'm, I'm playing or recording or doing something. I'm like, Oh, where the hell did that come from? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, or you right. hear someone else do something. I mean, I mean, part of part of the goal for this this project, Shaw's Groove. I mean, my goal was to be the worst player in the room. You know, I mean, right. I feel like hopefully that's the goal all the time, right? But you know, I mean, they were all these amazing musicians, and my colleagues were playing all this awesome shit, and I was just, I don't know, I felt like I had to rise to that occasion. So even ideas that maybe I would have never thought of, they were playing stuff, and I just, I was like, oh man, this is amazing. Like, let's let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So it sounds like um, the the uh, the whole experience uh, creating this album was uh, was, a, was a highlight for you, a huge, huge, huge thing. For it you. was huge. It was a, yeah. it was just one whole masterclass, you know, and then trying to make sure, you know, producing the record, making sure everyone was comfortable. I mean, we were recording in, in a studio that was like 80, 85 degrees, man. It was not a good day to record. <laughs> oh. It, I'm gonna know. listen back to it and see if I can tell what temperature it was. Smoking. It sounds like they were hot. It was. It was. It was like August, man, and we were we were cutting the cutting the album in a beautiful studio in the Santa Cruz Mountains. But man, it was a warm day, and it was almost warmer inside. You know. Yeah, I bet. But uh, we had fun. So oh. sorry for the. Um, this is going to be a little bit of an abrupt change, but since we no. have a guitar player on the on the show, we want to geek a little bit out about your instruments. Sure. Yeah, because we want you know, it's just like you know, it's it's, it's a, a little it's bit a rite of passage, but we have to do it. So what's <laughs> yeah. what are you playing? So I heard I heard the um I heard the um the the uh your you have like a an old ovation. Yeah. So yeah. my. The uh, the ovation that I used is a 1977 
uh, legend that was previously owned by my mentor, Wyatt Rice. And mm. um, yeah, it's got the, the rice set up. And yeah, man, that's what I use when I'm playing with my band. And, and I, yeah, I do cut, you know, like on the axe axis, I like to cut some acoustic jazz with it, man. It's got such an incredible, it's, man, that guitar's incredible. It sounds good. You know, I never would have pegged that for an ovation because I get like an ovation sort of, ovations have a sound, but you know, I'm yeah. a, a boy from the 90s. So I'm familiar with this ovation sound from the 90s. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, it's not the same. The, 70s, sound the, same models, the 70s models are incredible. And I think part of why is that they were braced like the old Martin Dreadnoughts. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, Wyatt had set it up. He, you know, he shaved down a bone saddle, put the bone saddle in, you know, I mean, there certain treatments to the, to the guitar that maybe might've, you know, helped. I mean, a bone saddle definitely helps. Is um, the back of it still uh, that made of that, you know, polymer or whatever it is that he Totally. Used? Whoa. I totally. didn't know they were making guitars in 1977. Yeah, man. I mean, they started, you know, the, the guy that, the guy that was coming out with these ovation guitars, I mean, he used to, he used to work on helicopters. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. From Connecticut. And that's why it's all rounded. It's sort of like, it's, it's designed that if you need to throw it, it'll go farther. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. I I just thought it was impossible to play while sitting down because it just slips right out of your lap. That's all I know. (laughs) It does does a little bit. I, people ask me about it. I'm like, you know what, man, listen to this thing and I'll play it. And they'll be like, oh yeah, it's worth slipping off. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) Just wear a strap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the one that I use, um, not obviously not on Shaw's groove cause he wouldn't be able to hear it. Uh, but right. um, that's, that's what I use when I'm cutting things, uh, especially duo, right? Like I yeah. cut a tune with Mimi and, and uh, wrote, wrote a tune for her called Mimi's mode. And uh, I played my ovation on that. It sounds great. It's, it's cool to hear the, the uh, arch top versus hol- the acoustic sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, my other, oh, so are ahead. you, are you making a record with Mimi? Now, or well, you, you know, man, some duo stuff. I've got a lot of projects in the in okay. the fire, yeah. you know, and one of the other records that I have coming out at some point is a duo guitar record featuring Mimi and John. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. hoping, to, okay. hoping to include a lot of people, but that cool. was for, that was from that. Um, anyway, no, back, so let's go back to the guitar. So the, the yeah. ovation, right? You said you had a kingpin, right? The, um, yeah, the Godin fifth Avenue. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the one that I used on Shaw's groove. Right. Um, okay. You like that guitar? Yeah, man, I do. Yeah, that I do. Guitar I mean, is like it's... A, it's like a bit of a workhorse and there there's, I don't even know what's up with like Godin is sort of like not really, I don't, yeah, I don't know. People don't know him. I mean, I feel like people know him, but they don't know him, and then they, mm-hmm. then they're a little bit unsung. Yeah. But I've played a bunch, and and actually Dan and I worked at a music store way back. Yeah. And it stocked Godin. Mm. So I played oh, back right, cool. then, and I always thought they were great, and and I just was sort of like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just they're a Canadian brand, so maybe they're just bigger in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I yeah. I've had it. I've had it for many years. It was like the it was like the first, you know, air quotes, jazz guitar, you know, that I, totally. that I could, that I could, you know, save up for. And I've, I've had it ever since I've, you know, mostly used it on live gigs, but, um, is yeah, it a cutout version? 
Um, it's or yeah, the no, it or the no cutout. You have, no, it's and, a it's a cutout. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at pictures online here of the uh, Fifth Avenue. It's got the uh, you've yep. got the, like the natural wood grain, like sunburst. Yep. Yeah, yep. they're beautiful, beautiful. Two f holes yeah, on there. Yeah, it's got two f holes, but it's got humbuckers, or at least this model has humbuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Do you? How do you feel about the access to the upper frets on that particular guitar? Um, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of cool. I mean, with my ovation, it's not a cutout, you know. So I'm yeah. used to, I'm used to having to reach up the neck. I mean, it's, you know, so it's. I mean, yeah. in some ways, it's easier, but I don't know. I kind of, you know, I mean, um, I tend to. I wish that the Godin had the feel of the ovation. You know, I just, I don't know. There's something about the feel of that guitar. Yeah. And in any register that just, it's not quite the same on the, uh, the Godin, but it's still great. So those are my main, those are my two main axes as of now, man. That's, you know. Did you play that guitar on the duo with the piano player? I did. Oh, okay. Cause it didn't it's... look like that guitar you were holding in the picture. Oh, but was that yeah. the guitar? That is. Or was that a different, okay. No, so... that's it. Yeah, I just you know my eyes were deceiving me. I th- it looked like a different guitar to me. Yeah, that was man that that was a really fun record. I was studying, like I said at the time, I was studying at East Tennessee State, and I was still studying jazz. And I was studying with a great jazz pianist, Jason Day, and nice. um, he yeah. had studied with. Are you guys familiar with Donald Brown? No. Oh, uh, he played with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he Donald was one of Art's um, pianists. And uh, I was so lucky to be able to get any information about, you know, that kind of stuff. And he had studied with Jerry Coker, if you guys are familiar with Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jason and I just had a blast. And I was like, hey, man, what do you think about just cutting a record? He was like, sure. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I've always kind of just like, hey, I've got this idea. What do you think about this idea? And, you know, most of the time people are like, cool. <laughs> yeah, let's make music. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's not really about the money. I mean, you know, it's like, I've got too many ideas. Let's try to make some of these ideas happen. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, uh, it's, uh, I think it's, I mean, I'm just getting to know you now. And um, from the stories you're telling, I think, uh, you know, I can tell you're a humble guy. But the fact that everyone's saying yes to you every time you ask to do something, I think it it says a lot you know what i mean oh uh, yeah people want to work with you so i'm so su- i'm sometimes yeah. still surprised i was like wait john you want to oh okay you want to oh man you want to yeah. oh, oh wow all right great <laughs> all right how the hell do i get how do i get the money to afford this yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. that's the other problem yeah man yeah um and so not to get you into the weeds though we're talking about gear what about amplification though when you plug in uh mm-hmm. do you uh what kind of amplifier you use? Yeah, man. So, you know, I'll be honest, man. I'm not as nerdy about that. Um, I mean, I love, I don't have this amp, but I've used a Henriksen before. Um, mm-hmm. that I've Which really one do you liked. use from Henriksen? I don't have one actually, but I've, I mean, oh. I've used, I've used mm-hmm. the, I've used the Bud or one of yeah. the, the Bud 6. I forget which one it was, but. The Bud is insane. I, do you Green. know, um, do you know Barry Green? Yeah. So I never saw, I, I happened to see Barry in the city and he was traveling. So he didn't bring mm-hmm. his amplifier and he, I think, guess he, he borrowed or rented a bud. Yeah. And he had a, he had a, a separate cabinet. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh man, what your amp sounds fantastic. And what cabinet? He's like, it's not plugged into the cabinet. 
Oh, wow. He said it's just yeah. the thing, Dan. If you ever see a Hendrickson bud, it's yeah, yeah, it's like six inches by. It's a little square, and it's and I'm it not is. even kidding. It's like a six inch square cube. Yeah, I'm, I'm googling sounds, it now. It, yeah, it man. sounds like you're playing through the biggest amp. Yeah, like and the biggest Roland or whatever. You know, it's, <laughs> it sounds glorious. Yeah, it is the tiniest thing. It defies it defies physics. It's just the bud six. Yeah, 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 man. It's great. So I, I mean, I've, I've used that. I've used that before on this on Shaw's groove. I actually borrowed my mentor Rick Vanderveer, who I mentioned earlier. I borrowed his Music Man. Um, This Mm -hmm. is an amp. Oh man, this amp's probably from. uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's old. Yes. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I actually do love John Stoll's setup. He's got a, I think it's an acoustic image mm. and he, he, he's got a, oh man, I just love that sound. I've not used one, but an acoustic image. Are you guys familiar with that amp? I've no. heard the brand, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard one or, or who oh, uses them. so great. I always think this though, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all in the, I mean, it starts with the hands, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's one of the things like, no matter what guitar I pick up, it's, I, I want to make sure that, is this what I want to be putting out before I even plug in or anything? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, I think about, you know, we can talk about like other nerdy stuff, but you know, I'm a real pick nerd. You know, oh, I, that's interesting. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of pick? Yeah. Well, I got a few. Um, I use a tortoise shell. I use a shell pick um, mm-hmm. that that a guy custom cut for me. Um, Wait, I'm a but big... it's a tortoise shell, like literally made of a tortoise shell. Yes. Oh. <laughs> right now, because yeah. we were thinking, oh, tortoise shell, you know, the plastic that looks like no, a little plastic no. brown. You're talking about actual. I could, I could here. I could I could text you a picture if you want, but yeah, I yeah. got here. You want me to, here? I'll hold on. I want. Yeah, definitely. If I if I exit out of this, will it stop my voice or can you I guys do not still know? Be... Well, actually, I'm. I, I mean, I have a. I have a notes app open, so I don't think you have to be in the app all the time. Oh, okay, cool. Let me. I wonder if I'll. I wonder if it'll. Can you guys still hear me? I, yes. I think we hit. I think we hit the nerd go go. Um, we hit the the jackpot here because you, you're into these picks. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I'm sending. Yeah. I'm sending. Uh, you guys will get it. You guys will get it yep. in the text chat. Should nice. be. That's should be. Should be coming in. Uh, you should get it right now. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Okay. So the pick. The pick on the the top. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the shell pick, and you see these picks are bigger. I I like to use. I like the picks yeah. with more service area. Mm-hmm. They're more like mandolin picks. I mean, I do play mandolin, but yeah. mostly guitar at this point. Um, so I do love this shell pick, man. Um, and then uh, the the one on the bottom left is a blue chip. Are you guys familiar with blue chip? Nope. Nope. Oh, man. You got to check out blue chip. So, yes. And you use these different, you use different picks for different applications? Yes. And most of the time it, it just depends on how I'm feeling. And yeah. When, yeah. Like, you know, it's like if I'm like playing something and I'm like, man, this, this tone is too harsh or this, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you know, I really dig into what I'm playing. You guys can probably hear it, whether I'm playing my acoustic or my hollow body, man, I, I do dig into it in the right hand. Yep. I can see that in your picks actually. How, <laughs> yeah. how much, 
Well, in a good way, like how much contact area there is in those, but also the shape, like how much flexibility you have and how you're going to yeah. attack each string with those. Yep. And so the blue chip's great. That's the oldest one I have. Um, the top right, that little, that kind of flame tri orange pick. Yeah. That's, that's a great pick um, from this company in um, Southern California called Charmed Life. You guys should check him out. Hmm. I have to take notes. Charmed yeah. Life. And, then, and then the bottom, the bottom pick, the bottom right black pick is a semi new company called tone slab have you heard of tone slab no oh man you guys wow. like these picks hmm. you know so, what, ha- um, what happened to me oh. when i was when i was in like uh you know high school i guess i started using big stubbies dunlop big stubbies yeah and i just can't use anything but them now oh, you know okay. it's like it's a weird thing. Like, it's like, um, you know, cause it's, I noticed that your picks are different. They might be different materials, but they're the same general shape. Yes. And I think that for a guitar player, that's kind of the thing, you know, it's like, yeah, it has to be the shape because yeah. if you don't, because then you have like, you know, it's, I mean, it's fairly precise what you're doing because the strings are only, you know, a centimeter apart. So it's, if you have a different shape pick, you kind of like, yeah you're off your, you have to practice with it to yeah. get the same level of, you know, accuracy. So for yeah. me, it's almost been like, almost like kind of like a handicap in a way that I can't use any other picks and I buy them in mm. bulk because sometimes stores don't stock them. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, Oh you. man, you know, it's like, but, but like, it would be nice if they made the same shape in all different yeah. materials, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like you have. that'd be great. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you can, you know, you can, especially like Tone Slab uh, mm-hmm. that I just mentioned or Charmed mm-hmm. Life, you might be able to, maybe even Blue Chip, man, you can put in a custom order. So like that black, uh-huh. that black, that bottom, that bottom one on the right, that's custom. I mean, it, uh-huh. it is a pretty general size, uh-huh. you know, but they'll cut it. They may cut it or, or make it to what you're, what uh-huh. you're used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right interesting. Now, yeah, it's interesting, man. Right now, I'm back to this, this, uh, the orange one, just because I'm, I'm making. I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm digging into lately. I'm digging in too much. My right hand's getting tense, so the, the orange one makes me have to lighten up a little bit. Mm. So I'm trying to be more, I'm trying to be more aware of my right hand and and how hard I'm hitting the strings. And regardless of style, you know what I mean. It's just, you know, it's important. Yeah, technique. Um, you got to take care of your body, you know, so you know you can stay creative. Yeah, you know, of many many decades. Um, yeah. Well, how old are you? Uh, Twenty eight. Okay, so yeah, yeah. You have many years, many years ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope, I hope, man. I hope this is lots just of jamming good. for you, man. Yeah, I'm hoping this is. I mean, this is you know, this is the sixth album I've done, or, or I will be doing after yeah. next friday the first one on a label uh feels like the hard work is slowly paying off but yeah man i'm ready for the long haul you know so uh, jason yeah. uh, we're coming up to an hour um yeah so i i um wanted to ask you what's the best because we want to promote your album we're going to put out links and and spread yeah. the word about Thank this you, like man. what's yeah of course um so you send us links on how to do that but what's the best how are we gonna find this how will people find this album Where's, yeah um yeah. if you guys just look up my name jason mm-hmm. 
Kaiser, K-E-I-S-E-R. I mean, you can find me, you can find my website, jasonkaisermusic.com. Um, I'm on social media, Jason Kaiser on Facebook, um, Jason Kaiser Music, K-E-I-S-E-R on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find Shaw's Groove on Origin and OA2 Records, as well as my band camp, Jason Kaiser Music Band Camp. And um, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we are going to put those links in the show notes. Awesome. But we will also um, post them a bunch on socials over the next couple couple of weeks. Great. Um, just on our different pages, and, and I'll post it on my personal page as well. Um, Great. So you know, hopefully, get you some uh, some some uh, some momentum there. Thank you. I appreciate and it. It's our pleasure. Yeah, it's and, our and pleasure. One hundred percent. Super yeah. psyched to connect with you, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. It's it's been a lot of fun and. Always great to talk with other guitarists and talk music and what we're influenced by and all that cool stuff. Hell yeah. So, you know, we're going to, I'll ask you another, this is not a question, but I just want to say that, um, you know, keep in touch with us. And the next time you have a record coming out, just hit us up. We'll do this again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I will. And actually, even if you have another pick variety. Just, just yeah, up. <laughs> you know we're like we'll just we're always down to geek out about guitar stuff so that's that's uh that's a given yeah definitely definitely guys do you guys have any other questions uh no no this is uh you know this is a great conversation and uh i think we we hit all the, the high notes that we want cool. to hit so yeah. absolutely i really appreciate your time jason um it's always a super it's one of my favorite things interviewing artists and you know learning about the creative process and what inspires different people. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for totally. having me. I really appreciate your time and uh, yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. And, and I loved your records, man. They're going on rotation, bro. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, Absolutely. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff has been done with a DIY budget, but I hope people dig what they're hearing, you know? Yeah, they sound great. All right. Keep awesome. it up, Jason. Yep. Thank you guys. Take care. All right. Man. Bye. Okay. Later. All right. Bye-bye.